Welcome to the MKFM podcast section, and uh, right now I'm joined by Alex from the right place. Hello, Alex. Hello, Neil. How are you? Yeah, good to see you again. Me good too. to see you again. Um, there's been a lot of press coverage about something we talked about earlier this year, actually, uh, buy to let and uh, speculation about the fact that it's uh, it's dead and whether the typical landlord can still make money by investing in residential property. But you're here to sort of well, basically take the fog away from this matter, aren't you? And sort yeah, of shed absolutely. shed a bit of light on it. So. Well, let, let's hope so. I don't want to make the, the situation any more complicated than it already is. But uh, yeah, you're right. We, we spoke earlier on this year about um, reasons to be optimistic about the housing market in 2018 and about buy to let in particular. Uh, and we looked at issues like supply, demand, interest rates, inflation. Whilst none of us has, have a crystal ball, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons actually why a lot of the negatives that are being discussed can actually be treated as positives. The right people in the right situation, by talking to the right person, can make sure they make the right decisions. I thought now is a good time to revisit it. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, obviously, um, we, we, we have uh, an ongoing situation with, with buy to let and there's a lot of news coverage about it. Um, what is your advice? Well, first of all, your headline on this, uh, if anyone's panicking, you're, you're going to talk them through it, aren't you, essentially? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we thought we'd, uh, we'd call this podcast the death of buy to let <laughs> it's always nice to use an inflammatory yeah, and dramatic uh, title um but you know you will have heard people listening to this we will all, all have heard about the worsening tax position of private landlords and it's a very serious issue um you know, everyone will know about the extra three percent stamp duty for uh, for second homes landlords have lost what's called a wear and tear allowance on on furnished properties um we know that the Mortgages are getting harder to get, and especially buy-to-let mortgages are getting harder to get. So, you know, you can read about all that kind of thing and think, well, I'm, I'm absolutely believing these headlines that say that buy-to-let is dead, that there's no no point in investing in residential property anymore. Uh, and it certainly seems like it. it. seems like the government are doing what they can to kill it off. Um, but the reality is, is that that's, that's headlines. That's stuff that sells papers. Um, so, you know, is there any truth in it? So we're going to explore that. But what I'd like to... to the point I'd like to make sort of early on in this podcast is that there's, there's a lot of people that will hear those headlines, perhaps read something about it and think, yes, okay, that sounds correct. But the reality is, is that private landlords are still expanding portfolios. Now, I refer to them as savvy landlords, savvy people, okay? So why are savvy landlords still expanding their portfolios if, like everyone knows, buy-to-let is dead? Um, well, it's basically because the savvy landlords are the ones who are educated. They're the ones who are, who are doing it, knowing exactly why they're doing it and knowing exactly what they want to get out of it over what timeline. So that's what we're going to discuss. So, I mean, obviously, uh, we, we need to get into, you know, why you know what you're talking about, Alex. Absolutely. Well, I don't know a great deal. <laughs> One thing I know about <laughs> is property. Sounds like a song. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, why, you know, why should you trust me? Why do I know anything about property? Um, well, I've been in property my whole working life. Um, for over 20 years, I've actually been a landlord. Um, I've been a, a landlord's representative for over 10 years. Um, I'm running the right place, a professional letting agency, uh, for the last three years. Um, but so my actual experience in property investment and management spans over 20 years. So in that time, I've managed to grow that property business uh, through two recessions, you know, very, very different economic conditions. Um, and when I started investing, in fact, the buy mortgage didn't even exist. So, you know, I've experienced a variety of changes in, in availability of mortgages, availability of finance and, and problems of getting it. Um, and also over that 20 years, I've seen huge changes to regulation of the sector. 
Um, so essentially, you know, why, why is it worth listening to me? Well, you're better off listening to someone who's been there and done it than someone who's just, you know, just entered the market. In a nutshell, you're an expert in property. You know exactly what you do. You, you live and breathe it, which is why we need to sort of listen to you when you've got something to talk about it. And who better to listen to than uh, than you when we're asking the question, are there tough times ahead? <laughs> well, yes. Well, we know that there are. In fact, you know, we, we're in the middle of some tough times at the moment. Um, but... You know, like I just said, why is it that savvy landlords, the educated landlords, are expanding their portfolios or you know continuing to to, to enter the market? Well, I, you know, I like to um, put it in a couple of ways. First of all, whenever things get tough, basically what happens is it thins the herd. Mm. Okay, um, I've been doing this my whole working life, so I know how to stay ahead of the game. So I don't think there's a reason for people to be rushing for the door. Um, but also, you know. How do you make sure that you're continually ahead of the game? You know, you need to be working with people who know what they're doing. So I like to say we don't have to learn the hard way. There's a smart way to learn. Learn the smart way, not the hard way. And that's hopefully um, by listening to me, or at least part of it is by listening to me. But certainly it will be by um, coming and talking to me. Um, one quote I absolutely love, which um, for me sums up the situation we've got at the moment, I think it's attributed to Charles Darwin, said it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the most adaptable to change. Mm. So where we're going through a period of rapid change, it's those who are adapting to that change who will be strong and who will be growing their businesses, growing their investment portfolio. And it will be perhaps the strongest or perhaps the most intelligent who fall by the wayside. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's a lot of noise being made about the death of Bytelet. But um, I'm here to tell you, actually, Bytelet isn't dead. In my own words, though, Bytelet has matured. Right. So what we need now is an explanation of what you mean by matured. <laughs> OK. <laughs> well, first of all, let's look at some of the reasons why people say, oh, you know, Bytelet is dead. Um Savile, so a global real estate services provider, they're predicting that over the next five years, the number of mortgages given to landlords, buy-to-let mortgages, will fall from approximately 75,000 a year down to 55,000 a year, a loss of 20,000 a year. Um, the, the new Ministry of Housing, Communities and Local Government has just announced in the last few days that uh, in the 12 months from March 2016 to March 2017, the number of homes in the private rental sector decreased by 46,000, which is a 1% reduction. Now, 1% might not sound like a lot, but if you look at the backdrop of that, there was actually in the same time period, there was a 1% increase in the total number of dwellings. The majority of that, almost all of it, attributed to owner-occupied dwellings, people that own their own home. And another reason why it might not sound like a great deal, but it really is, is because the various changes that the government has uh, brought in over the last couple of years have only really just started to take effect. Therefore, people aren't really experiencing the problems and the pain associated with those changes just yet. So it might only be a 1% drop in the number of private rented homes, but that's a 1% drop when things aren't actually as bad as they're going to get. So, you know, that figure is, is almost certainly going uh, to increase. Um, but at the same time, we know from research that the number of landlords who are buying property with a mortgage inside a company structure has increased massively over the last uh, couple of years. In fact, it's increased by over 300%. And the reason for that is because companies are actually exempt from the changes to restriction of mortgage interest relief. So if the company buys the property, the company can still deduct all the mortgage interest against its costs. Whereas from last year, that started to be phased out. 
Right, okay. So, are landlords exiting the market in their droves then? Well, like I said, we've seen a 1% drop in the number of um, households in the private rented sector over one year. So, there are obviously signs that landlords are selling up or considering selling up. But my experience of that really is that we're talking about landlords who perhaps own one property um, and they're perhaps hearing the headlines and reading the news and thinking, this is terrible, I've got to get out, let's get out before things get any worse. However, the landlords who've got portfolios, and that's sort of defined now um, through uh, finance uh, restrictions and HMRC, it's defined as landlords with four or more properties. They're the ones that are actually staying as they are or continuing to grow their portfolio. So there are landlords exiting the market, but there are savvy landlords (laughs) staying in the market or growing uh, their portfolios. So in terms of um, investment then, I mean, really you would be looking at this as investing with a pro brain, essentially. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So whilst, um, whilst everyone can profess to be an expert at something or an amateur at something, it doesn't really matter. What we're saying is, is that if you pretend that this is something that you are an expert at or get all the right advice to make sure the decisions you're making are as if you're making decisions as an expert, you can continue to stay in the market or you can continue to, to grow. Um, Warren Buffett, who's one of the most successful investors of all time, he's famously quoted as saying, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Hmm. So if everyone's being fearful at the moment, perhaps now is the right time to be getting into the sector or to be increasing your stake in the sector. So that's why I think savvy private landlords are expanding their portfolios. So if I want to be a savvy landlord, how would I go about doing that? Um, It's a big question, isn't it? It it is, but (laughs) I won't give you a long answer. The reality is, Talk to people that know what they're talking about. So um, anyone who you know wants to get into um, investing in property for, for the long term uh, or is, who is currently investing perhaps is concerned, come and talk to me about it. Um, I, I've always been um, a, a fan of the idea of what they call standing on the shoulders of giants. So making sure that you're always communicating and, and listening to people who know what they're doing and who are very successful at what they're doing rather than listening to people who are selling newspapers. Um, so, you know, if anyone is listening to this who is a landlord or who wants to become a landlord, if you want to improve your, your, your business, improve your investment prospects, then make sure you come and come and give, me a talk, give me a call because I've been at the uh, sharp end of this industry for over 20 years. And there's, there's nothing really better than, than taking a mentor and modelling them. And, and, and that's the way of doing it with you is obviously you've been there, you've done it. So perfect person to go to for advice, obviously. Absolutely. Um, talking of advice on the market, I mean, what can we expect from property investments sort of going forward? What are you telling these, these landlords? I'll tell you what, we're going, to be, we're going to look back over a 65-year period in a minute. But before we do that, let's look back over a slightly longer period. Um, one might be fooled into thinking that you know, investing in property is, is a modern thing. It's something that's only been happening for the last <laughs> 10 or 20 years. The reality is, is that it's been going on for a lot longer than that. And whilst investing in land has been going on for hundreds of years in this country, um, investing in property actually really only started to become um, feasible for people uh, in the early 1900s. And in fact, it was um, in 1922, the Law of Property Act came out. And up until then women couldn't inherit properties on the same terms as men. So if a husband and wife owned a property and the man died, his wife couldn't inherit that property under the same terms. But the the, the Law of Property Act came in in 1922 and it changed all that, meaning that husband's wife could inherit each other's properties. Um, And that actually led to a lot of middle-income families at the time uh, using 
invest investment into properties to help fund their retirements. So they would look to supplement the retirement income by buying you know, another property. Uh, and what, it was a completely different world back then. Mortgages weren't the same as they were now. The politics wasn't the same as it is now. What you can see is it's, you know, it's been 100 years, really, that in this country it's been a, a perfectly understandable, reasonable and accessible model for people to plan for, for their retirement. Uh, and in my view, investing in residential property is first and foremost the best way and an excellent way to invest for retirement income. So talking about retirement then, Alex, uh, why is it such a good way of, of planning for retirement? Okay. Well, first of all, I'll tell you sort of a little pitfall that a lot of people make. When they consider investing in residential property, or they have invested in residential property, they a lot of people will perhaps have underestimated how long it's going to take them to actually make a real return. And the reasons for that are that you're tying up large amounts of capital, so you need to be tying it up for a, a long period of time. Um, the effects of inflation and, and costs and that kind of thing can erode the real returns. So I tend to say to people, look, you know, if you don't want to get into this as a business and spend 40, 50 hours a week every week doing this, the reality is, is that the decisions you're making are going to be on a timeline of, say, 10 plus years, 10 to 20 years. And in 20, 10 to 20 years, you will realise a fantastic return on your investment. But don't expect to make a whole bunch of money, let's say, until after the first 10 years. You know, that's really when your, when your real returns start to, start to appear. Um, but the reality is, actually, if you do understand how to correctly structure the purchase of, of the property and arranging the right type of finance and how to manage it properly, safely, correctly, you can actually dramatically reduce that timeline. So whilst if you're investing for um, a pension income, you might be looking at a 10 to 20 year timeline. Well, can that be reduced to, I don't know, five to 10 years or five to 15 years? And, and the answer is yes, it can, because there's always a smart way of doing things. And you need to be making sure that you're, you're talking to, to, to the right people. Now, we'd said that we were going to talk about what happened in more recent years. Well, actually, we're going to look at what's happened over the last 65 years. Not that recent, but it's a, it illustrates the, the, the point I'm making so well. Um, now, in 1952, so just over 65 years ago, the average cost of a home in the UK was £1,800. I know it sounds like pocket <laughs> change at the moment, bad, but it? it was a lot of money back then. Um, but over 65 years, the average cost of a home in the UK has risen to 225,000. So that's 125 times hmm. what it cost in 1952. So you might think, well, that's, that's, a, that's a great investment. I'm going to live for another 65 years. <laughs> I'll buy another property. But actually, it gets even better than that because the average deposit for a new home in 1952 was only £100. So if you'd only put £100 in and then 65 years later got a 225000 back, <laughs> that's 2,250 times the return on, on your deposit. But just imagine that you didn't buy that house and live in it. 65 years ago, you bought that house, put a £100 deposit down, and then rented it out for the next 65 years. So you'd then have the net income from rents, you know, after you've allowed for things like mortgage, interest, maintenance, insurance, management costs. Once you've got the net uh, income from the rents, added on to the value of that house, that takes the actual return on your original £100 investment to almost £1.4 million in today's money. So you can see that actually by buying a property 65 years ago, you could make an awful lot of money. So well, we don't have to wait 65 years, but you can just see that illustrates the point that you know, the value of the property is might sound staggering that the growth over 65 years has been over a uh, hundred times. But the reality is, is that at the money that you invested in that, if you were then getting a return on it year upon year upon year, you'd have made, you know, they're staggering returns, absolutely staggering. 
So that's how people need to be thinking when they're thinking about investing in property for retirement income. You'd be thinking, not a 65-year window, but a 10 to 20-year window, what's this investment going to do for me over that time? People will think, oh, well, I know that house prices have increased by X over that time. Yes, but factor in all the other things and look at the amount of, of capital you're actually having to invest into that to see that return over 10 to 20 years. And that's when it starts to become attractive. That's when it can really make uh, a big difference to your lifestyle in retirement. It's time to get the calculator out, really, isn't it? That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there's enough zeros on my calculator, actually, to, to work that out. But <laughs> So you've already mentioned, Alex, uh, that you're always on hand uh, to pass advice on. I mean, how can you, uh, just to, to expand on that, how can you help people if they're sort of taking this on board and they've listened to this? They've gone, that sounds really good, actually. What's the next step they need to take? Well, I think the easy way to sum it up is you know, if, if you're considering investing in residential property either now um, or you are already invested in residential property and you're looking at say a 10 to 20 year um, time period before you're expecting to, to retire then you've got to make sure you go about the investment the correct way come and have a chat to me um, otherwise you end up getting caught in that trap where it just takes longer to realize those investment returns and it could delay your plans uh, for retirement or perhaps just make you see you know make you realize that your standard leaving on retirement isn't going to be as good as it, as it could have been so you really can't act soon enough um, but it's a very complex subject, and obviously we're limited by, by time in these podcasts. So um, I'll just say it again. If anyone's investing or considering investing in residential property as part of their retirement planning, please give me a call. Uh, let's have a chat. I, I'm Alex. I'm your local property investment expert, and you can reach me at the right place on 01908 904 And if you've listened to this episode and you've really enjoyed what you've heard, and I'm sure you have, especially if you're uh, directly involved in uh, being a savvy landlord, mm-hmm. uh, there are other episodes you can listen to. Just look at the on-demand section of our website, mkfm.com. Just as a final sort of call to action, Alex, your number again, please, sir. Oh, it's Milton Keynes, 01908 904 334.